It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, or the deputy's SUV. Investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking into the Senate computers, nothing can be could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Information Operation, where we try to dig into and outline what the deep state and actually the Communist Party of China is doing in its uh, war against America. Today, we have one of our favorite guests, Patrick Byrne, a former Overstock CEO, entrepreneur, and all-around election fraud fighter. Welcome, Patrick. Thank you, Todd. Good to be on again. Thanks for um, getting the truth out. You bet. Um, so, I've read a lot of your stuff. You've been uh, all over the media, at least the uh, media that wants to have you uh, recently. And uh, I, I think that what we're in an ex ex existential point for the country. It's, it's a really important that people understand actually what's happening. People have bits and pieces of it. They may have, you know, they think the media is corrupt or social media or Silicon Valley or the judges, but they can't, some people can't put it all together. So I thought your article recently that I read, uh, taking the U.S. out from within, really did a good job of describing that. And I, I'd like for you to just go into that if you could. Well, I thought he did a very good job. He did a very good job. Was the writer, was what was the last name of the writer? Do you happen to remember? I don't have it in front of me. Uh, Zero Hedge put it out this morning. So. Oh, um, did they? He did yeah. anything. I didn't see who I made. Is that like making the cover of the Rolling Stone? I saw I made the cover of Centipede Nation. It's one of the biggest blogs out there. So um, I love Zero Hedge. I love Zero Hedge. Yeah, the, it's, you always have to you always have to put a filter on the articles of where they're coming from. But uh, I, for the most part, they're very good. Yes. Yeah. Well, good for them. I see it. Well, right on. Uh, they. So what's going on is this is a psyop, and the psyop had to take over a country in a nonviolent revolution has four stages, and we know these. You know, there's books about this, and the stages are demoralization disorientation, crisis, and normalization. The demoralization came to us with COVID and this hysterical overreaction to something that is serious and could be treated much more reasonably like the Swedes treated it, who have achieved a very low, the, right, the correct measure is deaths per million. And their deaths per million are, are among the lowest in the industrial world and they have done it without destroying their, their civil rights and their economy. Uh, and now they're sitting, now they've reached herd immunity and they're, they're basically through it. 
So that was clearly scientifically the right way to do things. However, we dramatically overreacted. Remember the overreaction to hydroxychloroquine? Oh, yeah. I, I had COVID and I had to get the, the HCQ. We should be on that point, <laughs> I think. Once, you know, if, they, if, if you take it for in daily doses for 10 years, 2% of people develop a heart arrhythmia. You know, if people take aspirin every day for 10 years, 2% are going to develop something. It's a, sure. Sure. So, so, to, so the, the anyway, so uh, there was the freak out about that. The demor the disorientation is this crime. The city's burning. The cop car is burning. Cops doing nothing. The the Antifa and BLM. Although I want to put an asterisk, I'm very sympathetic. I do think it is time this nation has a big conversation about race relations. That ain't the way to do it, but it is time. We made a deal 60 years ago. The deal hasn't worked. It's time we all revisit the deal. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. So Obama forget, destroyed that from the top down. Well, it wasn't just Obama. The deal didn't work to begin with. It was poorly designed. Yeah. So, uh, but setting that aside, I, so there's a story I tell when I, about a month ago, so I've heard about a month ago, I was walking in front of the FBI building, which I tend to avoid these days. And I, uh, and there were these goons on motorcycles and ATVs doing wheelies and donuts on the street, all traffic stop. They're coming up on the sidewalk, intimidating people in the FBI, and no one does a thing. That's all to tell you, you're not living in the America you thought you were living in. Mm -hmm. That disorients you. Then there's the crisis, which is the, the imposter president. And I guess at this point, Todd, I don't have to talk to you, waste time talking to you and your viewers about all the things wrong with this election. Yeah. Eight-year-old could see it. It's, it's right? out there. Yeah, okay. it's out there. So, if you want to find it, you can find it. Yeah, it's silly if you don't see it at this point. Right. But, and then the basic point is that to steal the country, you don't have to cheat everywhere. You got to cheat in six counties, steal the six states they're in. You cheat like crazy in those counties. It flips the states they're in, which flips the electoral college which flips the country. So to steal the nation, you need to cheat like hell in six counties in America. And coincidentally, what do you know? Those are the counties that had things like, you know, in the vote tabulation center in uh, in Atlanta, a right. water main broke and they had to clear out the whole arena. It turned out to be one toilet had overflowed the morning. Right, right. That, good excuse. Yeah, they cleared it out and then they pulled out suitcases of ballots from underneath tables and fed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of ballots through the system. And what do you know, 99.4% for Joe Biden. Yeah. You know, uh, so, so they, they clearly cheated and, and in the, in exactly the six places they need to, all the places you're hearing about the, the kooky stuff. And then we entered this normalization phase where the media is beating it into your head, America, that you're crazy. If you don't, if you, if you question any of this, they're go, they're, Shrinks call it uh, gaslighting. They're mm -hmm. gaslighting. You see, you know what I mean. Why yeah. don't you explain how what gaslighting is? Well, I think it's uh, you know people have different versions of the term, but it's basically uh, manipulating you to think in in a certain way. Correct? Yeah, it makes you think you're crazy. Narcissists do it. Right. And it's like their main one of their main techniques. They do it. Right. And right. that's why shrinks. They make you think you're crazy. What? No. Where was I? Why am I in at three o'clock in the morning? Where were you? You were, you know, yeah, always. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so they make you think you're the kook. They're the kooks. It's time we find ourselves and get based, as the kids say now. It's time we say we. They're the kooks. They're the kooks to pretend they're not. You know, they're looking around saying, "Oh, I don't see anything unusual about you know." No election fraud whatsoever. It's gotten silly. It's like a guy whose wig is 
whose toupee is slipping. And, you know, you've got to be polite. You're not going to call his attention to it. But at some point, you have to say, fella. Kind of, you know, kind of a Baghdad Bob moment. Yeah. It's a Baghdad. American troops approaching Baghdad. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they're, they're putting all their chips on, slide all their chips into the table on this one. So that's what's that's happened. And they're just trying to normalize it. Now, behind all of this seems to be the hand of China. So I'll stop there. And then, but I would say further behind this PSYOP, really the hand of China is involved. And I say that as a China lover and it breaks my heart all my yeah. life in a China lover, but yeah. it's their hand behind this. So should I stop and yeah, take no, it? No, no, no. I mean, I, let's go down that road. I've been saying that for a while. I think it goes way back decades, you know, all this political correctness, toxic masculinity, what better to destroy a nation's army than to destroy its, its masculinity? I mean, you see this at the military academies, you see uh, in the race, race relations you talked about divide and conquer. That's a classic Leninist, you know, Marxist concept. I, uh, there's a story I've never told publicly, but this reminds me of, so I used to work for this guy whose name I'm going to keep out of this, but I used to work for this fellow and uh, I ran a group of his companies. And at one point I, there was a failing, it wasn't his, there was a company in Louisiana, a garment company, a garment manufacturer, about a hundred workers. And they were about to go into business. They were all minimum wage, which in 1999 was about 525 or six bucks an hour or something like that. No right. health insurance, real low. And we stepped in at the last minute and the company that was about to close it. And this is as U.S. population involved in garment manufacturing fell from 3 million to 50,000 over two yeah. decades. Um, this is in sort of when we're still about 300,000 people left. And the guys who had the factory turned it said, look, for a dollar, we'll just turn it over to you and you take it. So all the, these hundred people all thought they were going to be out of a job like that afternoon. And we stepped in and took it. And, you know, I re, we got the base pay up to, I think, nine bucks, which mm -hmm. and a low level, like basic health insurance and to this. Mm -hmm. So much better than people had had. And you would have, and they were very, very grateful. They were wonderful people and they were very grateful. But after about a month or six weeks, there started to be some real poison apples in there, just trying to create, just yep. trying to disrupt and just trying to poison. And it was, and it turned out to be about five or six of them. Yeah. And they turned out to be connected to this lefty union. And it wasn't, we had unions in the other plans, teamsters we did just fine with and another union, but this union was a bunch of Marxists who wanted to sit around and talk about Foucault's or Derrida's deconstruction of asymmetric power relationships. They were a bunch of Yale yeah. bankers and they, Those uh, the worst kind. yeah, <laughs> and that's what, and, but their basic business model was this, even though things had been harmony, doesn't work for them. They want to divide and get everybody hating each other because the product that they're selling is we're the we're the, the we're the intermediaries that can clean up that we're the right. intermediaries when there's devices. Right. So to sell their product, they had to get everybody hating and fighting with each other. So this group of you know they could have they couldn't the, the hundred people whose jobs were saved and they got pay raises and got healthcare for the first time and this and that couldn't have been happier and loved us more. But these guys came in and it all became about turning everyone against each other. And that creates the product for them to sell. I'm the yeah, organizer yeah, here. Yeah. So how did it go? Did the factory survive? How it went is I had, I, uh, it, not only did it survive, we developed some really leading edge thought about going to unit manufacturing, hmm. things that needed to, and I worked with the garment industry. There was like a laboratory who worked this stuff out. 
And we had we started converting to the plan to this this very newfangled way of thinking. And then union fought it the whole time. And I kept telling them, you know, if you keep fighting this, everything's just getting shut down in America. You're going to Haiti where you make a buck a day. And uh, finally, so I left, I had five years earlier, I had accepted a job teaching in China for my old Chinese teacher. My Dartmouth undergrad was Chinese. And in 1994, my teacher said, in five years, would you take a group of Dartmouth students to China for a, a term? So I said yes. And that five-year promise, you know, you can promise anything five years out. The future has a way of showing yeah. up. And so that came around. And but, but my boss knew it. I had taken the job for what was three months anyway. It grew into 20 months. And I, or 22 months or something. And I left. And the next guy took over. And about six weeks later, he shut it down. Everyone was out of a job. Wow. So that's just that these guys are in the business of causing divisiveness and selling and then selling themselves as the organizer, as if the factory is an organizer. Right. So that's the so I've had that kind of relationship. And it's the same Marxist Maoist goonism that mm-hmm. we're seeing. Sorry so, for a digression. You can cut no, that. No, 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 no. That's exact. People need to be aware of this. So you said something in the article that uh, struck me. You said that in 10 years, there will be organ harvesting camps in the U.S. as there are currently now in China. Um, I don't think people really understand, um, you know, how we get from there to here. People think everything's fine. I still can go to Trader Joe's. Everything's good. You know, so people don't see what's coming. This, you know, new Marxism or new totalitarianism that can happen very quickly. Absolutely. Um, happen yeah. in year. Well, look what happened in the last year. Look what's been yeah. normalized. In the last few years, your rights to free speech have eroded because hate speech isn't free speech. Say these NPCs, anytime they hear something they don't like, right? You know, it's beneath, it's like kids who can't even, have never opened a book. Instead of having to learn anything about the Western tradition and read Aeropagetica by John Milton on freedom of the press and, and le- learn why these ideas evolved and what why they led to success, they're just some kids who've been indoctrinated in some Marxist ideology, and they say free speech isn't, or hate speech isn't right. free speech, things like that. And they've just, uh, so look at, that's happened so quickly. Um, look at, you know, our presumption of innocence until proven guilty has been replaced by people who they just say racist anytime they right. hear something they don't like. Uh, or look what happened to Kavanaugh, and, you know, yep. look at free attacks on religious freedom, yep. where, where nuns are being forced to pay for other your people's abortions. Stuff like that is has been eroding quickly. But if we bend the knee to what's going on here, the most atomic concept of our tradition is consent of the governed. As mm-hmm. de- how do you determine what is it to which the governed consent? How do we know what, to what it is the governed consent to? It's we hold an election that's free and fair. And that's and if we bend a knee, we've bent a knee on this other erosion. If we bend a knee on this, it's the end. And it will happen much quicker. So I lived in communist China, 83, 84. I want to be clear. I do not, you know, I've been a pro-China all my life. I love the Chinese. Mm-hmm. I love the Chinese history and culture. And I, I've, I've always felt this special affinity for China since I was five years old. And I studied, while I was there, I studied not only Chinese, but Chinese history from the ancients up to Marx, Lenin, now. Mm-hmm. And so I've, what they're doing here is they have I explained the assassin's mace on your show before? Yes, you have, but you feel free to go to do it again. I don't want to, I want to be repetitive. I, I, I mean, no, I'll, no, that's okay. Tell tell that story because people don't see all the interviews. 
there's 2,500 years ago, there started to be the warring states period of China. China was not yet China. It was 20 odd different provinces. And they everybody was fighting everybody and it went on for 350 years. And one of the fights, one kingdom was to fight another and the king, instead of fighting, got an assassin into the bedroom of the other king and with a club, which we call a mace, he one stroke kills the king. And so assassins and the one kingdom takes over the other without firing a, a shot. That's called the Shasho Jin, the Shasho, the assassin's Jin, mace. And the Shasho Jin is a, is a phrase that means something of a hybrid between two phrases of ours. We say a one, a one punch, a one punch knockout and we say a sucker punch. So imagine a phrase that meant a sucker punch, one punch knockout. That's yeah. Assassin's Maze. And the uh, and that's the greatest way to fight a war because you don't have to fight at all. Sure, sure. What we're this PSYOP we're going through is an Assassin's Maze, and the hand of China is behind it. The chain of command in the world, loosely speaking, if is China, Iran, Venezuela. And Venezuela has this very close connection to Cuba. And a whole bunch of young Venezuelans get taken over to Cuba and they go to this institute to become software engineers, but they get really indoctrinated also in Marxist ideology. And that, so that's the Venezuela computer science community. So that's why you, you, you actually, we see China's, China's all over this. And I hate yeah. to do that. I hate to be a China basher, but they're all over this. This is, and you know, we've known for a dozen years, they've been talking in Chinese national security circles, both classified and even unclassified, there are references to a coming assassin's mace. Hmm. And we've been wondering, what is it they mean? Do they mean a, a new EMP um, weapon? Right. Do they mean a ballistic ABM ship killer? Do they mean the hypersonic missiles? I think we're living through the assassin's mace. Yeah, this is it. This is it. So on that note, let's segue into uh, you just uh, put out some tweet, tweets yesterday on the ballots in Georgia. Can you walk through uh, how that happened and how you don't have to say names, but how you were notified of that? Was it a tip or, or whatever? And then you sent people in there to videotape and sample them, right? I would say you got to understand, think of it as a real Ocean's Eleven. There's a real Ocean's yeah. Eleven of people who are helping and many are volunteers mm -hmm. generally they're not getting people i mean there's hundreds and hundreds around the country and there's uh uh just a moment okay uh so there's hundreds and hundreds around the country but some of them they're, they're real interesting and very patriotic yeah. people from different walks of life let's put it that yeah. different walks of yeah. life even yeah. maybe some criminals maybe some little hair maybe, on them yeah, but they <laughs> again. A little hair on them, I guess. Yeah, a little hair Come on them, but the patriotic. Uh, who the hell right, knows? But, right. But uh, so we have information, and we we have our our networks tracking their networks, and we have we have them dead to rights. We have now stuff that the uh, well anyway. So what happened? I'm not going to go into great detail, other sure. than to tell you. You got to think in terms of ballot integrity, not just meaning this isn't done just by people hacking into a Dominion voting machine and flipping. 
although we think that happens in places, or this adjudication trick that now everybody understands where you get 60, you know, or even 20% of the ballots into adjudication. And right. uh, of course we can't tell that because people are erasing their audit logs. And these Dominion machines have audit logs that are editable by the administrator, which kind of defeats the whole point of an audit log. Sure. <laughs> um, I guess they ought to call it an opinion log. Right. Uh, Calculation so, log. <laughs> a, a, the audit, uh, the edit. Anyway, so they, uh, they, there's other ways to cheat than that. And there's mm -hmm. ballot integrity and there's vote flipping, which involves in the ab actual tabulation, changing numbers. Right. Around. So there's, it, there's probably five or six different, Bucket. Yeah, they did a plethora of different ways to to yeah. block the vote. Yeah, and where they could turn up the dial, you know, they try not, you know, they turn up the dial in one place one way and the other place another. But so one of the ways is through the the actual ballot integrity, and there are areas. Imagine, so I used to be a retailer, right? You know that I used to be a retailer. Yeah. And there are people who do. There was a say Gucci goes to a factory in China and says, hey, would you make 5,000 of this, this per, these purses for us, 5,000 of these purses? The factory says yes, but it runs over nights and weekends and it produces an extra 1,000 of those purses and it sell out the back door. Those are called diverted goods or gray market goods. They're forensically the same as the original Gucci, but that's right. kind of the problem. You see what I mean? Yep, yep. Suppose in some of the ballot production in this company, that's what the ballot guys have been doing. And they send a they send the guys who print the ballots for such and such a county in Arizona might send, send print ten thousand for them, but take two thousand and put them in a uh, in a diverter. It, it divert them into say a boiler room where people are filling them out by hand. Mm -hmm. Imagine something like that happens. Then yeah. They'll show up as forensically sound, but they're coming in from a channel that is not an authentic channel and they have to be reintroduced. And so I'm being cryptic on purpose sure. because this is all under, this is all, uh, <laughs> but this is the kind of thing that's been going on. This is the kind of thing that's been going on. And we've, this, so that's just one layer. Then there's the vote flipping stuff. And then there's mm -hmm. the, you know, the, the tabulation, the uh, adjudication stuff. There's, it, but I think it took all those different layers. I think President Trump probably won in a landslide and it yeah. took all these different layers to swing. I mean, I hear people saying they think it was really like 77 million to 60 and Trump got cheated of three or four million and the 60 got steroid enhanced up to 80. Yeah, uh, it may be something that dramatic. Well, um, yeah. So basically in Georgia, they found the ballots, they videoed them and sampled them. Do you think that'll be enough evidentiary wise? Yeah, it's certainly enough credit. We, there's absolutely enough predicate at this point to open federal investigations. I think there's enough to close federal investigations. Yeah, yeah. They, okay. could be, they could be on Monday sitting people in front of a grand jury. Uh, uh, they, I mean, they should be subpoenaing people this weekend, I think, and pulling before we have them, we have them, Nate. Um, so okay. it's just a matter of politically. Well, I, I know you don't want to go too deep into that. So yeah, that's fine. Um, I, you, you mentioned retail. Well, can we, yeah, well, I, I want to, I want to encourage people 
I, on the one hand, want to be encouraging. I don't want to get in the way of federal feds doing their jobs, though. Right. But they, they have to act. But if they'll act, we can get them this weekend. Like, and then we're going to be in a position where there's going to be an information war against the truth uh, from the mainstream media. So I think it's incumbent on. Hey, can you hang? Yeah, can you? I'm sorry. Can you hang on? Just yeah, go ahead. Sure. So, you, but yeah, you mentioned if the DOJ wants to act, if the DOJ uh, wants to act, then this is absolutely something that they can get. They're, they're, they need, and I believe they. I don't want to speak for the DOJ, but yeah. they, there's enough. There's absolutely enough predicate to open a federal investigation at this point. Fantastic. And I, I was just saying we're going to enter the information war phase that we even if we haven't been there already, but because they're going to try to destroy the that this is a real fraud, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be so I think it's incumbent on people like us to get the word out. Um, but last point, you mentioned retailing and, and there was a big uh, blow up with Walmart this week where they were uh, basically calling deplorable sore losers and have your two hours in Congress or whatever. And it really uh, turned off a lot of the base, you know, a lot of the base shops at Walmart, which is really f filled with Chinese cheap, you know, some of it junk product. Um, how, how do you think that uh, Americans can move away from that type of, uh, uh, you know, model where they, they are forced to shop in these big box retailers and forced to use Amazon and that kind of thing? Because the, the, the rest of it's gone. So it's gone. Well, good question. I mean, we went to the well. What happened? We have what ha what has to happen is we have to revisit our whole entire trade relationship with China. I think we need to decouple from China. We need to decouple yes. from China and go to India. I mean, and and for as India is a it is a much more palatable partner for the United States long term. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I, I'm sorry to say that. I've loved China all my life, but they've been a treacherous friend. Here we've spent my 50 years, we've been trying to help them and stand them up. We took the mm -hmm. risk of taking the dragon and trying to help them, and they've really turned on us. And I'm really disappointed yeah. my friends in China and the, in the yeah. commentary. Well, Patrick, uh, we, we talked about doing a longer stint after the events of the next few days. Maybe we can sit down and talk more about all this. I'd love so, that. Okay. Thank you for your time, Patrick. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.